0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Without Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bent, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is downtown diva Bridget Everett, Bridget's balls-to-the-walls alt cabaret has been shaking up the scene since her one-woman show, At Least It's Pink, co-created with Kenny Melman and Michael Patrick King, helped put Ars Nova on the map in 2006.
0: More recently, she went from Manhattan media darling to out-and-out star, amassing devoted fans from Patti Lapone to Amy Schumer, both of whom put
1: her in their own shows. Besides being a fixture on Comedy Central's Inside Amy Schumer, Bridget has guested on Girls, Two Broke Girls, Lady Dynamite Camping, Difficult, People, Another Period, and At Home with Amy Sedaris, to name but a few. To name but a few.
0: She's made the rounds of all the major talk shows, and she's a movie star, mm-hmm. having appeared in Fun Mom Dinner, Little Evil, Trainwreck, and as Barb in the award-winning Baby Cakes. I love uh, Baby Cakes. Mm. Bridget is going to chat with us about Prince's seminal album, Purple Rain. Purple Rain is actually the soundtrack to 1984 rock musical film
1: of the same name. I love that Bridget chose that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Prince exemplifies the blend of rock, pop, and soul that I associate with Bridget. You know, when I wrote this line, Prince exemplifies the blend of rock, pop, and soul that I associate with Bridget, it felt so natural, and Uh I mean it. And somehow reading it, it just feels like, maybe it's just bad writing. It just, it sounds so forced. Give it another shot. But this time,
0: act like, you know, um... Should I do it British? uh, Yeah, yeah, try with an accent.
1: Prince exemplifies the blend. (laughs) (laughs) The blend of rock, pop, and soul ah. that I associate—that's <laughs> not good. No, not it's good content. Bad. Should I do it something more? Um, uh, do it uh, as a as a as
0: an old Jewish woman. Oh, now you're in my wheelhouse. I love that Bridget. Chose-
1: sounds the way I normally sound. <laughs> sounds like your Aunt Dottie, who I never even met. Grandma Dottie Aunt Gladys. I love that Bridget shows that. Prince exemplifies the blend of rock, pop, and soul that I associate with Bridget. I think we've created a
0: character. You hear my glass clinking the ice? What's that Virginia Woolf part? She's like, clinky clink. Give me another drink.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's play a game. Go on. I love games. Which character in Who's Afraid of Virginia
0: Woolf am I? (laughs) <laughs> okay, no, I knew this was what the game was. I mean, obviously, you
1: are... Martha. Thank you. That's all I needed. Well, I was trying to think if you're... Which character in <laughs> Designing Women am I? Delta. You knew that without having to think. Yeah. You've thought about this before. So why don't you say what character I am? Golden Girls? Well, the problem with Golden Girls is, like, I know who I think I am, and no. I feel like
0: I... You like... are you are 100% who I think you are which is Sophia Petrello. Uh, I really feel that I'm a Dorothy. You are not a Dorothy. I mean, everyone thinks they're a Dorothy. Yeah, you think you're a Dorothy. I don't. I think I'm the gem one. <laughs> I think I'm a Dorothy with a rose. Obviously I know Rose's
1: name. With, with a Rose funny. Rising. No, you don't get to do that. Yeah. And you're, you're... then I am a Sophia with a million dollar bill. Sure. You're a Sophia
0: because you're always cracking jokes. You're not dry. You're not dry like Dorothy. You're very like, but um, like Sophia. You know, I feel like I'm super dry like Dorothy. You're absolutely not. I'm super Baby, dry. You are Barbara Streisand wet.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, enough is enough. Now was, you think you're it. a what with a who, right? I think I'm a Dorothy when I'm
1: in Playing my Dorothy little corner and, in my yeah, own little chair. Exactly.
0: I think I'm a rose when I'm with the world. Some say, love, it is a razor, but not rose.
1: Okay, w- which character am I on
0: Yeah, I like this game. Uh, Samantha, but only in personality, not in As- action. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offense. Oh, when I was... <laughs> years,
1: I used to have... Three Friday nights on a Tuesday.
0: <laughs> I'm definitely a Charlotte. You think I'm a Charlotte? I yeah, you're definitely a Charlotte. I'm not like as I'm, I've never been in a relationship. Like Charlotte's much more like romantic and well,
1: everyone's in relationships. I on feel like the I'm show, like including Carrie, but yeah, but Carrie's in dysfunctional relationships, which Sh- Charlottes are dysfunctional too. And you're definitely Charlotte.
0: But what if there's just spin spinoff
1: called Charlotte's Web? <laughs> no, uh, Char- Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web. Web! But I think back I mean to that, I really believe that we're all just people. people. <laughs> Certainly not was... the same <laughs> the problems of life in our big cities. And it's so wonderful to be here during the gay, gay games. games. By the way, I have been out of the closet since 1991, and I've lived in New York City since 1999, and I've never once seen or heard of the Gay Games. No, it is a real
0: thing. My my best friend Jess lives in Cleveland, and they hosted them four years ago. But it's like a very niche thing because it's like gay athletes who like go to this weird thing, like great Jewish
1: sports legends. The leaflet from Airplane, anyone? It's like the millennials. I love. I haven't seen it so long. This is what they say. Then they pretend. Stop. It's never like, no, I don't know that Stop movie. Stop saying they. Who's they? You and all your little friends. Manelios. <laughs> broken wreck, broken wreck, broken wreck. Well, we could not be more excited to have Bridget Everett here with us. <laughs> Goddess Bridget
2: Everett. Uh, well, you're in my home. I better be here. <laughs> so,
1: your beautiful, beautiful,
0: gorgeous Upper West Side. Your, your gracious home.
2: Yeah. Your gracious home. Top floor, honey. Uh, penthouse. penthouse baby yeah, house. Okay, you know.
0: I was like, I don't see a 16 on the elevator. Oh, baby. <laughs> we're going all the way up.
2: All the way. I'm so <laughs> mad that my legal address isn't now like. Ph, you know, like the penthouse isn't totally. part of my address. Yeah, it's yeah. like sixteen. It makes me so upset. You can <laughs> just tell people.
1: I didn't know that. I thought you were just like so classy and subtle that you were like <laughs> sixteen because like you don't like to say. No, oh. I try
2: like when I like order something. I like tried to put ph like into the address and they're oh. like, uh, we do not recognize that address. You know how like they? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. oh, I worked this hard. I got here, <laughs> well, and I'm still just a number. <laughs> You're the
1: greatest. <laughs> the greatest number. Well. Um, We're very psyched to talk to you. I was, oh, I was starting to tell you, I was so excited that you said Prince because Mm -hmm. I I love Prince. I mean, I grew up with Prince, you know, Mm -hmm. in in my era. Um, But I didn't know, I didn't associate you with Prince. I mean, I guess I would have assumed that you liked Prince. Yeah. But I didn't know that that was like a special thing for you. And going back and listening to the original Purple Rain soundtrack, Mm -hmm. I was like,
2: oh my God, like this is so Bridget. It's so good. You know, like. The thing... Well, there's a lot of stuff that I love about Prince. He's, like, one of the first handful of albums I had. I had, like, the original Madonna album mm-hmm. I had. You know, it's like when Bruce Springsteen, Wham! Yeah. Uh, thriller, like, all that... You know, because I'm 47, so that was, like, sort of the heyday of, like, yeah. pop music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe people every always, you know, think that their generation is the heyday of pop music. But, but I feel like that was, you know, with, like, MTV and all that stuff. Oh, and yeah. Prince really... Is a little bit of everything, you know? Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. It's a little complicated right now. I thought about Michael Jackson. I was like, you know, what? I don't wanna get into that. Like, right, it's yeah. everything, you know? Um, love the sinner, hate the sin. No, that's not even it. What would it be? What would it be? You know, like <laughs> when you love yeah. the artist, but love, you hate yeah. what they've yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But Prince is just like, he's like one of the only people that I can always put on my iPod and I will never like fast forward it. it he mm-hmm. always puts me in a good mood. Yeah. He's like, I think he was such a hardcore showman that he died because of it cuz you know he like he always had to do those like leg drops or whatever you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. and so he's like taking medication for like his the pain in his legs. <laughs> sciatica yeah basically <laughs> you know and like what a way to go you just die for your art but, but I never saw him
1: Did you you
2: see him? Oh, yeah, I saw him. He just, like, fucking magical. Mm. I remember I went with my friend Mike Jackson, um, who plays um, guitar in my band, The Tender Moments. Oh, yes. And um, I was like, okay, I don't care what he does as long as he sings The Beautiful Ones from Purple Rain. And, And he opened the show on Madison Square Garden with The Beautiful Ones.
0: To life, in
2: one's mind. Like, who opens a fucking show, <laughs> a rock and roll show, with a beautiful ballad and a fucking ballerina, like, dance, you know, like, it was gorgeous, like, mm. you have to be Prince to not yeah. come out and just do, like, a crushing, like, yeah. you know, everybody usually, like, does an up-tempo to sure. get the audience going, he didn't give a fuck, yeah. he's just like, I'm Prince and I'll show yeah, up, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do the splits later, I'm gonna smile and be charming and he didn't really do a lot of stage banner because he doesn't need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You know, he's everything. He's, he he plays. He's. I don't know. I like a real. I like a showgirl. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I like somebody that can turn up. Obviously, wildlife. Patty LaPone mm-hmm. and 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 Freddie Mercury. And just anybody that like dazzles. Tina Turner. Yeah. You know. Totally. But you know, I didn't. I didn't. I guess I
1: sort of knew that about Prince, but I wish I'd thought about it and gone to see him. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it makes sense listening to the music. But so okay, when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, and you got... Did you get that album in... Did you buy it with your own money? Like at, I bought know, it with my own money. Sam a, Goody or whatever. In,
2: in the record store. I don't remember. You know, an independent record store in Manhattan, Kansas. I can't remember what it was called because, like, Sam Goody and those places wouldn't even come to Manhattan, Kansas yet. It was... <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a mall yet, right, you know, yeah. so you bought it. Um So it's curated by, like, the person that owns it's, it. Yeah, and, like, mm-hmm. there was... You know, I grew up in a college town, but also like Manhattan, Kansas, so like a small college town. So um, it wasn't like when I talked to my friend Champagne Jerry slash Neil Medlin, like he's like, I grew up on like Bikini Kill. I found like I went to some like college record store and I found like a bikini album that like formed my, you know, my youth and my my art and my mind. And like and I'm like, well, they didn't have that where I was from. (laughs) They probably did, but. You know, I just bought what was in the window and what mm-hmm. looked good and sounded mm-hmm. good and what was on MTV. And I mean, were you
1: and, one of the cool kids? Like, I imagine you, like, like in junior high, being the girl that knew the coolest music and like saw the concerts yeah. and was like just kind of like a tastemaker in mm-hmm. that in that well, lunchroom kind of atmosphere. So in
2: some ways, like I was popular. as, like homecoming queen or whatever, oh. but um, <laughs> or whatever. <Amazing. laughs> you know, it's, it's not cool to be homecoming queen. <laughs> it but, is if it's you. But <laughs> But I I was, I kind of feel like in retrospect that I was like friends with everybody, but friends with no one. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I had a lot of, I just was friends with a lot of different groups of people Mm -hmm. because I was in show choir and in choir and on the swim team Mm -hmm. and did sports and my older brother, and you know, my brothers and sisters were all real popular and... Um, how many siblings do you have I mean I guess a six Bridget Brock oh. Brian Burke Brad Britton is ridiculous oh right yes <laughs> um, did they introduce you to music I mean did you look up to yeah, them yeah everybody like because everybody had their own bedroom so there would be a different sort of soundtrack coming from each room oh. which was really cool yeah okay what well,
1: just go through it what were the soundtracks
2: oh my brother Brian who was um, next to me on one side he would listen to like sticks and uh-huh. like REO Speedwagon and stuff Love like that it. and my brother Brock was across the hall and he loved to barge so I will listen, all this love is waiting for you in all this <laughs> I love that, too. And then my uh, oldest brother was into, like, bread and, like, you know, oh, yeah. the soft hits of the 70s. If a picture paints a thousand words, then why can't I paint you?
0: The words will never show the you.
2: And my oldest, my one of my older sisters, two of my sisters were really into Barry Manilow. And- Barry Manilow and Barbara Streisand which is what your shirt is Hello, today thank you um, and so, to give you another
1: perspective I, yeah I, and, and, I, and of course sure. and <laughs> Bette
2: Miller for everybody yes, you know not, so yeah. so we um, it was a real hodgepodge and then since my mom was a music teacher we all grew up taking piano lessons and things so we would sit by the piano and mm-hmm. like Sing and drink around the piano, and you know, play like Lionel Richie or whatever songbook mm-hmm. we had. Did so, everybody
1: like respect each other's music, or was there like? Um, there was no rivalry. It was stuff. just like no.
2: you know, like one time I remember I took my brother Brad's bread tape. I brought bread because like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, he's, Bridget bread. brought Brad's bread. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I
2: brought Brad's bread tape up into my room, and he flipped a shit. He was like not happy about it, but um, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like you didn't respect other people's music choices. You just wanted mm-hmm. to keep yours for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what, and did
1: I mean, so was the really the current pop of that moment, the Prince and the Madonna? Was that what you introduced to the house, or were they also listening?
2: Well, my to brothers that? and sisters were older, so most of them were gone at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody sort of found the music of their their generation, kind of uh-huh. stuck with it. And I'm yeah. kind of the same way, but but I do love all those like. When I, I like to listen to... My brother's Brock and Brian, and we're on a text thread, and we mm-hmm. always text, like, do you remember this song from, like, the 70s oh, or yeah. the 80s, you know? And and um, we really stay connected through music. Like, that's, that's like, a, a way that my family communicates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Are any of them working in music besides you? um No. My brother Brock, like, he's sort of like a, a, a party monkey or something that's not the right word but like you know play rock play like they he'll go to parties and they put mm. out a keyboard and he can play anything by ear oh, wow. and so he does music like for fun but he's yeah. not like um he's not making a living like I am oh, <laughs> a, <laughs> but he hands- doesn't... a handsome living. <laughs> a penthouse living but he um but you know I love even like when I go home and visit my mom my last time my brother and I were there. I had to get up really early for a flight and my brother got up with me and he just sat at the piano and was playing like Manilow, you know, while I was yeah. getting ready and I was up getting ready in my mom's room and it's just like, um, it's a really lovely element in mm-hmm. our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, when we get together, we all still sing and stuff, but Prince isn't like, Prince is more mine. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. I love it. But I, but this particular album has been through it's been there for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> in so many different like ways in my mm-hmm, life, you yeah. know, like when I had broken up with some guy or some, no, that's not even what happened. I wouldn't even call it that. Like some guy that I was dating started dating another friend of mine <gasps> after we sort of broke <sighs> oh it up my. and they sat and they parked in front of my house. Like she like brought him there or he brought her there to be like, Oh my God, like try Like I'm trying to get over her. Or we're, Bridget and I are done, but then they, like, sat there, looked up in my window, and then, like, made out. <laughs> like, oh my in God. the car, like, watching. <laughs> it, it was a, it's, it's a fucked up thing. But my friend Stephanie would come over, and we would listen to um, Purple Rain literally, like, over and over again. Purple Rain That time, like somebody had to get up from the bed, go over, lift up the needle, <laughs> yeah. put it back. Yeah. But I loved Perfect. it not just because the song is beautiful, but it's like eight minutes long, uh-huh. so you didn't have to get up oh, every yeah. fucking three minutes. I was like, to it this morning, and I was like, "Wait, is this over yet?" <laughs> <laughs> but I love all that because it's just there's like, you know, it's so beautiful and and uh, and powerful, and then it goes on for so long. You can sort of like unwind yeah. from your emotions, yeah. and then you start it again. And you get all ramped up, and then you go through you go through a whole sort of a cycle Mm -hmm, of um, mm -hmm. rejection. Totally, yeah.
1: (laughs) And so, did you? When was the first time you saw Prince in
2: concert? I didn't see him until like twenty fifteen or twenty years ago. Oh wow! Okay. Um, Yeah, because when I grew up, like if you wanted to see a concert, I grew up in Manhattan. Nobody came to Manhattan except for Motley Crue. What was the closest
0: show? uh, Kansas City. Yeah.
2: So you'd have to drive like two hours. Wow! Yeah. And we did go one time. My friend Andrea and I did with my brother um to um he so so I could go see Michael Jackson mm-hmm. when I was like a sophomore or something in high school and um and he was supposed to like he got so tired that he couldn't drive us back so we were like you know 16 driving on the oh i70 my God. um yeah, who cares? Nobody cares, Bridget. Shut up, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> no, we No, we love, we love underage uh, driving. Um, well, in Kansas, you can drive when you're 14. No. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Is it still I that mean, way? I've probably. Yeah. Because oh of farms and shit like that. Yeah, so you can drive right. to school and to work. Well, I'm from I do a concert, concert. So, so it's probably the same thing. A lot of kids grew up. It was, yeah. it
0: was 16, but a lot of kids grew up driving on the farm. And that's yeah. how I learned to drive out of yeah. my dad's land and stuff.
1: So
2: Yeah, I had my first car when I was 14. and Wow. What was your first car? A Chevette. Yes, right. thanks so much. <laughs> did, your family have,
1: did your family have, like, money?
2: No. Just we acted like we did, and then my parents got divorced, and we, <laughs> the financial records become, became um, uncovered, and we realized that we'd been living a lie, and it got real dark real fast. Wow, <laughs> oh my God. Um, How
0: old were you when your parents eight. split up? And was that, what? did music become kind of a refuge for you in that time?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Music is always... Mm-hmm. Like, it's a refuge, it's the way I communicate, it's the way that I feel safest, I feel most connected, mm-hmm. and I really do think that that is because of the way I was raised, because mm-hmm. like, when my parents were getting divorced, and it was like a nasty divorce, I think most of them are, yeah. or many of them mm-hmm. are, um, we would spend a lot of time listening to like, just Barry Manilow, or Bette Midler, or Barbara mm-hmm. Streisand, mm-hmm. or Neil Diamond, like with my mom, and... She would just sort of gently weep and get shit faced on Scotch. <laughs> and we never really talked about what was happening. Yeah. We just experienced the sadness in silence through music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe is weird, but. No, it's almost like <laughs>
1: therapeutic, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, so, it's, it's
1: easier think, than talking about it. More comfortable. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You realize that well, <laughs> very quickly it. when you moved to New York and all your fucking actor and artist friends are like, well, we need to talk about this. like, no, uh, we don't. Uh, Let's just put on uh, an uh, album and cry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I think someone like Bette, that's what she does so well is that she really makes you feel what a song is about.
2: Making the ride
0: You do that too, in your are performing, yeah. and, and your voice is just so. Um,
1: it communicates so much just with mm-hmm. your voice, you Thank know. You. And I think that that's so powerful. But well, that, it's good in a ballad, especially something like that, because you know it feels so expressive. It feel, it, you know, it, it's not like it's my problem sometimes with like opera uh, is like sometimes the voices feel interchangeable, and I don't, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm getting a story from there.
2: Well, I feel that way about know. any genre, really. Like, and that's like. Uh, you know, so much of it's about just, like, vocal masturbation and runs and right, stuff. Like, we yeah. were watching... Uh, my friend sent me this clip from uh, Rascal Flats who, you know, congratulations. They're a very successful uh-huh. country band. But, like, you can literally just, you know, see him. He's just, like, tracking his... Like, listening. He, yeah. Listening to his vocal yeah. run. And I'm like... And which is... There is an audience for that, and there's... And and God bless them. Sure. You know? Um, but like, when I go to, like, a Broadway show, a lot of, the reason I don't like to spend a lot of money on Broadway anymore is because it's all put it in the snout and shout, and it's, like, this yeah. really belty, put it pinny. in the snout and shout, <laughs> snout,
1: bark and bark, snout, <laughs> shout. totally, totally, but you
2: know what I mean, and, and I think yeah. that's why, like, I respond, I know that you love Patty. I think, yeah. I don't, I'm yeah, sure you a Patti fan, too, but, like, there's something that's, like, in the gut about yeah. it. everything's coming up, roses and daffodils, Her And I feel like Prince is that way, you know, just to bring it back to him. But, like, but, y- you know, like, when it's all just about, like, the placement of yeah, your sure. your voice mm-hmm. or or how you're singing, not what you're singing, I'm I'm, I'm turned off. But, you, you know, know, if you're singing a ballad, right, you know,
1: yeah. it, the challenge is to keep that yeah. going, right? Because yeah. you have to hold these long notes and, like, what are you
2: True. communicating
1: while you're holding one True. note. But if the opposite problem you know, with, like, opening numbers, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of the print stuff that's not ballads. Yeah. Like, where, you know, you if you're singing, like, all these words, and it's, like, really fast, and it's, like, a dancing beat or whatever, yeah. you know, ha- it's, like, you know, sometimes it's just technically, I imagine, just to get it out, let alone yeah, have, you... like, a story or a feeling behind it.
2: Yeah, but you can tell, like, you can, you know... Prince, like, does things with a vocal line that are, you know, that are imaginative and mm-hmm. interesting, but they come from a place that's... A real place. A real place It's yeah. emotion, and you feel the music moving uh, through him. Well, that's what the first thing and, I
1: thought when I put on Purple Rain yesterday mm-hmm. was, what's, what's the first song, Let not Let's Get Lost, what's called
2: Let's... Bay, bay, bay. What you, uh, the first song uh, on the album? Purple Rain,
1: yeah. Um, oh, I don't remember the track order. It's like... It's bigger. such an opening number, and it felt and I so. I've had too much Chardonnay to over the years. <laughs> so let's go crazy! Let's go crazy! Oh, that's crazy. It's, it's, what did you call it? Let's get
2: lost! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, but, but it
1: feels exactly like a Bridget Everett song. <laughs> like I can imagine you opening with that number. You know,
2: I think I wanted to at some point, but somebody else sings it. Maybe like Sandra Bernhardt or something. I don't um. know. Somebody like somebody. So she does says like, little red Corvette. A oh, little red Corvette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know. Even like you know, Darling Nikki. You know, do you yeah, know did you, mm-hmm. you do you know the album at yeah. all? Okay, oh, I just, yeah. okay. So, Darling Nikki. Like, mm-hmm. I remember this guy in middle school auditioned for our, uh, our variety show singing Darling Nikki. And I grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, and it is a conservative uh-huh. red state. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Darling Nikki is like, I met her in a hotel lobby, masturbating with yes. a magazine. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby Masturbating with a magazine She said, how'd you like to waste some time And I
2: could not resist
0: When I saw little Nicky
2: grind." Oh, you know, like, it's very sexual And yeah. he dressed up as Prince And he was like, you know, like, fucking, like It it was like, if you saw that on a TV show You wouldn't believe it Like, right. he came out and he full-on did fucking Prince in 19, what would that be like, 86 or something, or 85, I can't remember what year it was, how old was, are you in middle school, who gives a fuck, yeah. but um, <laughs> 85, um, and he was like, he was like thriving, he was like writhing on the stage, singing that fucking song, and it was, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I've always, was wild, you know, like uh-huh. I had, and a lot of, you know, there weren't a lot wild people, I mean there were wild people, like we would go to, you know, people get shit-faced, to go uh-huh. to the lake, but like, but like physically and sexually, like mm. a lot of people were having sex, but they weren't free spirited in that yeah. way. And I've very, always felt yeah. very free spirited. So seeing that and then like, it just seemed Prince like reflects something that I've, I uh, identified with just yeah. the sexuality of yeah. it was so cool. Yeah. And what about like the way, like, cause he had, uh, he
1: used to make headlines in that era for the way he dressed and having like, yeah. feminine qualities. I always thought he was gay. And then like, you yeah. know, I was. I think I was surprised. When I would think about him years later, that was not part of the narrative about him. But um, was that, like, something that you, um, was that, did that feel like a dangerous thing or, like, a rebellious element of him to be... No,
2: I mean, in some ways it did, because, like, all my friends from school, a lot of my friends from school were really into, like, hair metal and, like, shit like that. Um, But even those guys dressed kind of femme, you know, but nobody Mm -hmm. called them... Right. Gay because mm-hmm. they're all grabbing their crotch and you know, yeah. s- you know, singing about teenage girls, you know, yeah. fucking them on the hood of a car, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> and Prince was just like direct about like sex and and you know Madonna, but everything was really mm-hmm. sexual. But it's always been that way, you know, like yeah. James Brown and mm-hmm. Little Richard. Yeah. And I saw this fucking fantastic documentary that changed the whole way that I performed. Um, I think it's called that the Good Times Roll, and it's it. I didn't really have the appreciation for little Richard that I should have, Mm -hmm. but, like, you know, it just, like, he's driving in the back of a limo. You have to see it. They're interviewing him. There has to be a clip of it somewhere so you don't have to watch the whole thing. But, And uh, they're like, whatever you do. You know, we're going there. These girls are crazy for you. Just don't go to the edge of the stage. Just don't. Just, just. You know, they're like he's like, okay, is that what you want me to do? You know. (laughs) And he gets to the venue, and he's fucking in the front. The girls are passing out. You know, he rips off his shirt, starts throwing shit at the audience, and I was like,
1: (laughs) for the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you can kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian-approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like le mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, and kitchen time is kept to a minimum. They are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat or just simply to eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giantsinthesky IN THE SKY 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code giantsinthesky IN THE SKY 50 at factormeals.com slash GIANTS IN THE 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
2: But obviously, I, yeah. I like a little, um, Scandal on the stage. Uh, <laughs> when did you start? Well, when did
1: that become like part of your performances?
2: Um, as soon as I started doing karaoke, like in in the nineties, living in Arizona, I wasn't. I studied opera. Speaking of opera, did you go to
0: school in Arizona? Oh,
2: to Arizona State, mm-hmm. and like I wanted to learn how to sing, and I wanted a scholarship, and they gave me one because I wanted to get out of Kansas, mm-hmm. but um, but I wasn't really getting any opportunity to express myself in the way I wanted to. So I just Mm -hmm. go to karaoke bars and I would like rip open my shirt and Mm -hmm. just go wild. And like people really liked it. And then when I moved to New York, I started doing that more and more and more and, and you just sort of find your way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, I like danger. I like, you know, like, do you ever see, um, playboy after dark Tina Turner? Yeah. Um, just like, she's so visceral. She's so Mm. sexual. And so like, grounded and just fucking mm-hmm. if you haven't seen her I think the one that, I think Scott Whitman showed me her on Playboy After Dark yeah. which is in Hugh Hefner's living room it's like a really cool vibe and she's just in there just sweating and her backup dancers and it's just so meaty and fucking and every time I see something like that I just want to fucking get up and rip my heart out and fucking smash it on the walls and do yeah. something like that you know did, did yeah. you
1: were, did you feel that way as a kid already about performing
2: yeah yeah, I just... I liked anything that was big and wild. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Did, like, the training you got, like, in school for, like,
1: opera or whatever... Yeah. Did that feel at all relevant to the stuff you were doing in karaoke or... Yeah,
2: because, like, I have, like, a big voice. And when I was studying operatically, like, what, you know, when you're... I guess that's where I learned to put it in your snout and shout thing. Like, there's, yeah. like, a Broadway, like, sort of pinny, sort of pingy thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the... the and the, um... Yeah, and the mask. Yeah, and with, um opera I mean it's about that too but it's more of like a cavity like you feel in your whole body and so Mm -hmm. when you feel that sort of reverberation going through your body and you hear the sound like how powerful it is Mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's very thrilling Mm -hmm. you know so I love that I love that element of it but I I didn't want to like be wearing fucking turtlenecks and not drinking and not you know (laughs) I wanted to have a life because in order to sing that way to have a clear tone I would have had to be really disciplined and I yeah, didn't want I, that. I just found a kind of singing that suited my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so how did,
1: what did you come to New York right after school?
2: No, I stayed there for a couple of years. In Arizona? Arizona, singing like at um, spring training games like the National Anthem and doing karaoke. Mm-hmm. And I probably could have stayed there for the rest of my life, but like there was some shit going on with like the MLK holiday. Like they voted to not have like, if, if I'm rem- remembering correctly, they didn't want to have like a holiday for Martin Luther King, and I was like, I think this state is not for me. Yeah. Like, you know, like right. it feels a little wound tight.
1: Yeah, racist totally. and. <laughs> and was New York the the only place that you w- would have thought of, or was like the only place I want to go, or anything mm-hmm. like
2: that? No, and I still don't want to live in L.A. I l- I like to go to L.A. like when I'm getting paid. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a driver's license. I like it because people drive me around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. I'd love to get like a Spanish house and make it modern on the inside. Yeah. Like I love the fantasy of yeah, LA, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. but I just can't take all those those bros out there. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I, I I love New York. You know, I just there's there's nothing like it. And by living here, I, like now I'm, you know, now I'm friends with like Patty Lupone. You know nah, what I mean? Like yeah. I'm friends with mm-hmm. like people that I admire and then inspire me mm-hmm. and like. If I got if you're hanging out in LA, like who am I going to meet, like Patty, or who am I going to meet, right? You know, like there's something not to drop her name. (laughs) I keep bringing her up, but but you know she's been at it for a long time, and and I didn't always have an appreciation of Broadway voices, but I've always loved and respected her Mm -hmm. guts and her meat. Yeah, she has what
0: you're talking about. Yeah, she's uh, really just letting it all out. Mm.
2: Yeah, and she she cares about the details. Yeah, you know so like much. I've sung with her a couple times and like she really is like, "Well, what is this what does this mean? Like what am I saying right here?" And and I'm sure a lot of people do that but but and Patty has like such a solid technique that she can just apply the emotion and her yeah. and her voice takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. But when I again, like when I go see a Broadway show like I saw one the other day and I was um you can see that there are some people that are technique yeah, driven, yeah. and then there are people that are performance driven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and uh, but those people, I, I think, are just you know not artists or they're lesser artists. I mean, they're well, and they're also singing like a a really difficult vocal track, and they have to get through eight shows. Yeah, show, but so I respect it. No, but know? I don't. I don't respect it because oh shit, <laughs> because they
1: they could put their. You're not asking them to hurt themselves. Right. If anything, I mean, your Patty example and everything you just said about that, we, you know, the the cavity and, and uh-huh. you know the point of the technique is to allow you to fly you not know, yeah. to come as a substitute for it. Right, you know? right. I mean, you know, we, we talked to Mary Testa for this podcast, uh-huh. you know, and, and we love her and she yeah. loves you, by the way. I love Mary. Um, she's,
2: she's another one. She's like...
1: But Mary was very explicit about how much her technique saved her and she yeah. relies on that. I mean, it's not as a substitute for guts and heart. It's yeah. to enable them to, you know, yeah. and the people that don't have guts and heart, it's not because they have technique, it's just because they don't
2: have guts and heart. I mm, think, mm. I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying yeah. and you see that in like a lot of pop music, you yeah. know, like, shut up. and it's like, but it's a different I, gig. I mean, you know, it
1: is a different gig and it's just, it's sad because on Broadway, we know that actually that's part of the gig yeah. and because these are machines and these shows that keep running and who, I mean, I think sometimes with these big hit musicals that uh-huh. run for years, they'll put somebody in over somebody else because they fit the costumes of the one that played the part
2: before. I'm 100%. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, it's a
1: business, but the quality control is not focused on necessarily the same art that yeah. might be at the beginning of the show. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, it. you're such a great success story now. You know? mm-hmm. And you're this... Is that
2: right? <laughs>
1: and not only for how high your success uh-huh. is, but also how special and unique. I mean, mm-hmm. you've completely paved this path that mm-hmm. nobody else is on. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. you know, in this world between <coughs> all these different genres. And I think what you
0: said is so powerful, especially to me, because I try to do... It's like,
1: you, I tried to take a path that fit my lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know but that's we can look back now you know and not that you're looking back I mean obviously there's so many places that you can go and will go you know but but you couldn't have predicted at all the specific road that your career has never so what did when you moved to New York from Arizona you know what did you hope for what were you planning on or
2: what was the idea well I didn't have any plan I didn't really know anyone. (laughs) Yeah. I just, and it took me too long. Like, I had a lot of self-doubt, and then I just would sing, and then I just got to a point where, like, if some, I went to go see The Life. Do you remember on Broadway? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I sat in the front row. I got, like, a TKTS thing or whatever, and I was so blown away by Lilius White. I think she's, like, she, like, opened my eyes.
0: I'm getting too old.
2: Oh my god, I love um, this story. And I, I was wearing my. Sh- I had these, like, I remember exactly what I was wearing. I was had it? These, sh- these black sandals on, those, like, sort of platform sandals, plastic platform sandals from Old Navy, um, a little skirt that I'd gotten at the Gap, and this black and white striped shirt that I'd gotten at the thrift store. And I stood out there, and I had, a, like, a little sort of cute little bob, tight little <laughs> chin length bob. And I, set- I waited for her, and, like, I, I was by myself. And she came out and I was just like overcome. I was like, oh, my God, I I love you. And she sat there and she talked to me like she I was nobody. Uh And she's like, just remember this. Always tell them whatever they ask you to do, say you can do it and figure Mm -hmm. it out. And I started thinking like, okay, like because like when I was at home or when I was at karaoke, like I felt like the best singer in the world or like, you know, Mm -hmm. not the best singer in the world, but like. I felt like. Um, Restaurant quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, I felt like. Um, I felt really powerful, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. But I didn't. But only when I was singing and never had that belief in myself. Mm-hmm. And so I just started like. And so if I ever got an audition, I would get. You know, I'd end up in the bathroom, like shitting my pants and, you know, and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And just never. And I still struggle with confidence. Not on the stage, not in the moment, but, like, having to prove myself mm-hmm. yeah. um, is a real struggle for me. But listening to her and just, like, the thing of, like, knowing that somebody who I'd just seen on Broadway, just being like, you just figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. you think that everybody on Broadway, everybody in show business has it all figured out. They have the tools. They've gone to Carnegie and They've done the, you know, they, yeah. and I didn't take, I've never been to acting school. I, you know, I, I studied voice, but I didn't know how to be, like, a... A rock singer or whatever, you uh-huh. know, and you just, and eventually I just learned you just have to fucking figure it out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it it's taken some time, but but you know like people like Bet, like she had to, she's there's nobody really like her right, like yeah, she had to truly unique, yeah, truly unique, and like and seeing like her old bathhouse like tapes, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. when she was with Barry, so like yeah. two of my favorites together. um, and a lot of that I didn't actually see until, like, further... I was further along. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know where to see the clips or whatever. Sure. But but seeing how she's taken that and given her, you know, created a a thing. I was just like, I have to do the same thing. Like,
0: And you have, I, really, I yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, you know, I'm almost six feet tall. I'm a big woman. I'm not, like... There's not a lot of physical types like me. There's not a lot of, like, people that do the exact same thing as me. So you just have to figure it out. And, like... Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is just to keep showing up night after night, Mm -hmm. whether it's Joe's Pub or some club. And just like Murray Hill says, every gig counts. Yeah. And people started seeing me and figuring out ways to use me. But it took a very long time. But, I mean, how how did you meet
1: Murray Hill and and Neil and, and, you know, Mike Jackson and whoever? I mean, how did you find your your people? And, you know, because you are such... um, it's not only that your career has forged new ground, yeah. but you've also been part of this kind of like coming together of this like scene yeah. mm-hmm. downtown mm-hmm. thing that's you know happened in yeah. the last 10 or 15 years or whatever. You know, well, you got like, here before that was really right. right. I mean, there was Kiki and Herb weren't famous when you moved well, to Well, they new were York. pretty,
2: they were big. And like my friend Zach took me to see Kiki and Herb show, and I was like, oh my god, this is fucking great. Yeah.
1: Can you just so good, maybe I'm just like your father too uh,
2: maybe I'm just like my, just like my never, satisfied. never satisfied I <laughs> <laughs> and i like, cry. and, uh, and Earl Dax who's like you know this sort of uh, downtown I think he's moved since I think he lives in Philly now or something I'm not sure but um but he introduced me to Murray Hill on the street in Williamsburg. And I met Murray, and I was like, oh, my God, that's that's Murray Hill. Like, I knew yeah, who Murray was. Yeah. And then I think Earl's like, oh, you know, Bridget's a singer. Ah, you're a kid. All right, got you on one of my shows. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did one of Murray's shows at Mo Pickens many years ago, which has since closed. And, like, I sang this song I used to do called Canhole, which is an original song. Oh, is yeah, late, yeah. You know? and Love. and That was in At
1: Least It's Pink, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I just started, and, like, and Murray, like, I just did what I did at karaoke bars. I just went wild. I had fun. Mm -hmm. I fucking, and Murray started booking me in more of his shows, you know, and it just was a slow growth from there. I just would meet people. I met sweetie, who's a a very, um, influential drag queen for me Mm -hmm. and a friend. And like, she started putting me in Mm -hmm. shows and people just started putting me in there. So I would go on wait tables. I'd be there till 11 and then I'd be on stage in some club at midnight. Um, John John Battles, who's a DJ, was my roommate. He put me... He had me do this show at the Ritz in Midtown on Sunday Mm -hmm, nights. mm -hmm. And I did some real crazy shit there.
0: What what kind of shit did you
2: do? Oh, I fucking... I think I used to take a razor and, like, shave off part of my pussy when I was... (laughs) 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 I remember that. (laughs) You that, I I mean, I was wild. I was wild. Um, But it was fun, you know,
0: and... Well, that's the kind of thing, as an audience member, that you long for, to see, and you could tell people, like, guess what I saw at the Ritz last night. You know, and you can do it at the Ritz, you know? Absolutely, yeah.
2: Now, like, I mean, I, I perform mostly at Joe's Pub, and that's enough for me, and I, I enjoy it, you mm-hmm. know? I've gotten a lot of that wild stuff out of me, mm-hmm. and, like, sort of, there's a more of a balance now, but, but that's why I love the gay club so much, mm-hmm. because you... Could do it and were encouraged to do it, and you yeah. weren't going to get in trouble for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, now you, for it. Yeah. now you feel like there's somebody. Everybody's fucking taping everything you do. The wrong right, person right. gets in the wrong person's hands, and they're going to fucking wage war on you. And, and you know, I just want to continue doing what I'm doing. Right. You know.
1: So, okay. So just going back though, even before that, like yeah. how did like talking about Zach Schaefer, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that's like Bridget's best friend, and mm-hmm. he's an actor. Uh-huh. And, um, how, did you, you didn't know him before you moved to New York though?
2: No, I didn't. I came to. I'd been working at this resort in Maine called Quissasana. It's still there. It's like a sort of like a dirty dancing style resort, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, the there were a lot of people from Carnegie Mellon there. Mm-hmm. And so I dated this guy from Carnegie Mellon. We used to call him Can of Corn because he had these like um, big fat fingers. Oh, and that's not friend... what we thought you were going to say. <laughs> oh, I was like, uh, no. Well, what? my friend, my friend Scott Withers uh, from Arizona that I know, trapped me in the walk-in one day. He's like, all right, tell me what's he got, a can of corn down there? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So... So you were working there as, like, a waiter? I was working there as, like, a waiter, but you'd sing in shows at night. You know, you'd wait tables during the day and sing in shows at night. And so when I moved to New York... That was, like, your summer... Oh, that's before you moved to New York? Yeah, I did it, like, for seven summers while I was living in Arizona. Oh, wow. Because, you know, it's so fucking hot. Right. Mm -hmm. And I auditioned in Arizona, and they're like, oh, you know... You're cute, you can sing. You know, that place of.
1: has like a nationwide casting call for their like...
2: It does. Wow. Because That's the fast. artistic director used to live in Arizona, and they would go around to all the conservatories and a lot of music schools. I mean, and mm-hmm. you met. I met a lot of really fancy, you know, people that are doing really well now that, yeah. have, that passed through Quissasana. Mm-hmm. But I was like a, a mainstay there for many summers because I was just sort of gliding through life, and mm-hmm. I loved going there. And, um, anyway, so I met this guy one summer, Can of Corn, and, uh, he <laughs> went to Carnegie Mellon, and so when I moved here, uh, my friend, um, Mike McEachern, who's, um, since passed away, but he, he went to Carnegie Mellon, and he's like, oh, my friend Zach is having a party. I was like, do you think Can of Corn will be there? And he's like, maybe. So <laughs> I went to go to try to find Can of Corn, because um, we, I hadn't, we stopped seeing each other or whatever, uh-huh. and I, I wanted to. I want to get a little more of that corn. Yeah. Of that corn. I want corn. to get a little more of that corn. I'd still take a little of that corn if you're out there. <laughs> if you're listening, can of corn. Um, if you're listening. Oh, he was such a sweetheart. Um, but uh, can of corn was not there, but Zach was there, and we sort of fell in friend love. And, oh. and we've been friends ever since. He's one of the very first people I ever met in New York. Oh. And he changed my life because he took me to Kiki and Herb and introduced mm-hmm. me to to Sweetie and all these like downtown things that I knew nothing about. I remember mm-hmm. walking just a few blocks from here and him grabbing my arm and was like, have you seen Kiki and Herb? I was like, he's like, I'm taking you. You are going to love it. And I was, and I did. And, yeah. you know. And was that at Fez? It was at Fez, yeah. 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 And that's like, so they did some real wild shit too. So of course I like, every Sunday night we would get there early. It would be the first people in line because there wasn't reserved seating so I could mm-hmm. sit up front and I would hope that uh, Kiki would like, you know, address us or say yeah, something to yeah, us yeah. or crawl us because, they used to do this cover, lick my legs, and I'd be like, I'll lick your leg! <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, oh man, I'm home. This is it.
0: <laughs> well, now you have those people in your show. I remember when I saw you, I guess it was a couple years ago, there's that, you called him Patton Oswalt. Oh, sits little Patton. And he sits in the front, and he was there so, like, I think I saw you twice, and he was there both times. He
2: comes he to comes most a lot. of my shows. He's like your little
0: groupie, and he's yeah. always volunteering, helping yeah. you down the stage to yeah. volunteer when you asked. So, yeah, yeah,
2: I used to do this... Uh, to me, he's like one of those, uh, you know, Russian nesting dolls. Is that what they're called? <laughs> he's like the tiny one inside of the patent office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russian, Russian nesting dolls. But, um, but, you know, I used to do this thing where I would sit on someone's face, but before I did, they would we'd do the airplane and they would yeah, lift yeah, yeah. me up. And he's probably like, I don't know, five, three, four, yeah, or something yeah. like that. And he lifted me up every time. And I'm telling you, I would get some big motherfuckers up there, some big macho men um, and they couldn't do it. So oh, he's oh a little goodness. spark
1: plug. <laughs> yeah, well spark plug. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, well, how has that been? I mean, I kind of watched it happen in real time, but from the outside, uh-huh. like you, you know, the energy and electricity around you started uh-huh. to like grow and spread, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um,
2: and now it's on the decline. Now no, no but I mean, it's it's
1: amazing to watch this thing where, you know, you were like a best-kept secret uh-huh. and then our hit parade and you were doing your own thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, you're the show and uh-huh. everybody's going to see you mm-hmm. and you're all of a sudden, you know, not all of a sudden because it happens in your life slowly yeah. over mm-hmm. time and days Like and 20 months. years or something. But, you know, but it's, um, but it's such a dramatic um, transformation yeah. to you. Uh, and still doing so much of what you've always done mm-hmm. that's, that's you, you mm-hmm. know? How how has that, I mean, have you just, like, did you go through a period of just, like, pinching yourself
2: or being scared it was gonna, like, not well, last? Or I still feel like, you know, I was just on the phone with my agent. I have an agent now. You know what I mean? I called my agent, and I was, like, I'm looking at my calendar for the rest of the year, and I was, like, you know, this is you know, I get nervous. That's like that Joan yeah, Rivers Joan, documentary. Now, about about that she's like, she looks like, Yeah, <laughs> and I'm the same way. Um, because you wanna you wanna be working, and luckily I have Joe's Pub, so I can do as many shows as they'll let me and as I want to. You know, yeah. but but you know, I kind of resented for a long time being a best kept secret, and then when I started to, because I was like, if these people love me so much, why can't they figure out a way? To, to use me mm-hmm. You know what I mean Who like, are these people Just uh,
0: Like producers and stuff Like
2: uh, a bunch of like Hollywood people Would come mm-hmm. to my shows Or yeah, whatever And I remember right. like Like Scott Whitman Came to He used to come to my shows And he was like He wanted me to be in Some off-Broadway show And I was like Who is this guy But he followed through He put me in a show Jukebox and Jackie Jukebox Jackie Which was down at La Mama And mm-hmm. like It was something different And then we've since Worked together And done other things And we'll work together In the future And like He's somebody that, like, put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. And so did mm. Amy Schumer and Michael Patrick King and some other people I've worked with. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, you sort of – not that anybody owes me anything by coming to a show. But, you know, I just kept I – I felt like I would go on stage, I would light the fucking place on fire, mm. and then go home and check my email for my restaurant schedule. You know what yeah. I mean? And it just like – I remember the it, day – I
1: think it was our hit parade – when you announced that you had quit your waiting table job. It was rock job. bottom. Yeah, I remember that bottom.
2: too. And like it was... It was magical. It was magical. But I've waited a long time. And I, and I think that there are probably... Um, most people, most of my friends are happy for me because they're my friends. Mm-hmm, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's everybody's hustling. Yeah. And a lot of my peers, you know, I, I think there's some people may not understand it or may resent it a little bit. And you're just like, well, you know, that's your problem. Like I've worked really hard to get where I am. Mm -hmm. And, and I only want, you know, I'm constantly like talking about, you know, pitching my friends in the downtown world for TV shows or have you looked at this person Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. because I think there's so many talented people and it just, and my friend Michael told me, he's like, it's not going to happen for everybody, Bridget. You know, like well, sure, and, but and,
1: you don't know which ones it is and which ones you don't. Know, but isn't. like mm-hmm.
2: seeing like Cola Scola's success, yeah, or, mm-hmm. or or you know, I'm just you know, I'm trying to think of like I'm, I'm blanking, but you know, like when you see somebody else that's in the same community and you see them mm-hmm. thrive, or like Bianca Del Rio, or you see like yeah, mm-hmm. people um, excelling, it's so exciting because I feel like there's room for totally, more yeah, of us to have mm-hmm. the opportunity. Well, and it's so
1: short-sighted for people to not get that because also it's not um, I mean I remember when like I well spill tea a little bit but like Uh I had like a really bad experience working with Justin Sayre Uh uh,
2: um,
1: a couple of shows of his that I directed Uh unfortunately back to back Uh so we went from after being friends and loving each Uh other for years, yeah. We went to working together and despising each yeah. other. And that experience ended and we were straight into rehearsal for the next thing. Oh, fuck. Which was star. the worst possible. I yeah. mean, it's like where maybe healing would happen and everybody would be okay. Instead, yeah. you'd like make scar tissue, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so then there was like a little bit of a rivalry. And I was having some success with Patty Shoes. Uh-huh. And I remember hearing that Justin was um, like kind of like bitter about it, yeah. you know? And I was sort of like, ha, 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 yeah. you know? Then... A year or two later, Justin was writing to Broke Girls and having these TV deals, and I was, like, still doing patty issues. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, so, you know, I just... That was such a learning experience for me to be on, like... To have that ball go back and forth so many times, because it was just, like... You just are not on the same track as anybody else, and you you
2: can't... You're right. You
1: don't know who what the next thing is going to be, you know, and you might skip three steps and be, you know, and it's, it's, um, and especially in this, um, field, you know, if we were all auditioning to play Elphaba in Wicked on Broadway, (laughs) that's a measurable thing that we're all doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and how well or not well are we doing? Well, I was on Broadway, you were only on the tour, you were the understudy, you know, that is comparable. But all these fucking, like, downtown freaks yeah. doing such weird individual things that only they could possibly yeah. have done. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's really one has nothing to do with the other. One has nothing to do with the other and and sometimes like it, you know you have to also think like if you want your stuff to be seen by a wider audience you have to think like how to how that's going to affect your show or how that's going to yeah. affect your yeah. content like I don't I'm not worried about being like selling out arenas and doing shit like that. I'm happy where I am. I'm happy. And I know that some people want more for themselves, but then they still do like totally weird shit. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you want a lot of people yeah. to like what you're doing, then yeah. homogenize it or yeah, you know make yeah, the yeah. change. But otherwise be happy in what you're doing and be grateful that you get to do it. And, mm-hmm. um, and just keep trying to be better and be good. So they can't ignore you. You mm-hmm. know? I mean um, that, that's something that I think
1: is really graceful if that's the right word in your work because Mm -hmm. you know it seems to me that you are you know very clear Mm -hmm. in terms of what you really want to do what the connection you have with an audience Mm -hmm. seems to be a truth it's like a north star for you Mm -hmm. and you don't I don't see you as somebody that has to spend a lot of time figuring out do I want to soften this or or market this? you know I think that the the calling for you of mm-hmm. what you do with an audience is drives you, and then the, those other details are not getting in your way, right. you know. So, and I, I don't, and I, I don't think I would know how to, to be more commercial, or you know, I mean, right. it, it's it's like I think like we only, I'm suspicious of anybody that is able to really calibrate that because mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. think we necessarily are. I mean, right. your voice is most. Um, effective when it's doing whatever it is right. that you really have to say, well, that, you know, I mean, and that has an audience that it has, and it yeah. doesn't the rest. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I do mm-hmm. think that like whenever you're, you know, being yourself and you're being true to who you are, you're gonna fly the highest. You know, mm-hmm. like I remember like when I was first trying to like write songs, I never really considered myself a songwriter because I didn't think that they were like smart enough mm-hmm. or whatever, and. Then I started writing songs about shit that makes me laugh, like tits mm-hmm, and, like, stup- mm-hmm. and dick songs. And you know what? It makes me laugh. And if it makes me laugh, maybe it's going to make somebody else laugh. And, like, yeah. and I know that, like, you know, Canhole, like, <laughs> like, the song about, like, anal sex, it's <laughs> so dumb but that's the joy of it. You know what really, I mean? But it's brilliant, totally. time. I mean, it's
1: what it's at New York Magazine, like, low-brow low <laughs> low brilliant. brilliant.
2: Yeah. I always want to be in that bottom right-hand corner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you own that. We, that's
2: where I want to be. We actually have
1: a segment on the show that we do um, called the Susan Johnson Hour. Okay, um, what's that? Susan Johnson was this great Broadway belter mm. and Most Happy Fella. Um, actually, your voice you could totally sing seen yeah, your you part. Totally. I did, I did
2: um, a version of uh, We Did Most Happy Fella at Quisasana, my main thing. Did and you I did the I, Ooh, My track. Feet? Yeah, that's Susan Ooh, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, cool. I should have known that. I'm embarrassed. I'm not a Broadway history. That's when we
1: do dick jokes on our, on our <laughs> dick jokes. But one of our things is we were naming Dick and Balls after uh-huh. different yeah. girl groups. <laughs> and it works with almost anything. Diana Ross and the Supremes, whatever. Oh, but yes. our favorite one was Bridget Everett <laughs> and the Tender ah! <laughs> What an honor.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I think part of what's so cool about what you've done mm-hmm. is that you know, it started to be with the change of pop culture in the 90s or whatever, and like, mm-hmm. propriety standards lessening. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to finally be, have jokes about dicks and sex, yeah. and you know, the the standards got loosened where people could, you know, the kind of comedy that a lot of people really like. Yeah. But it was a little bit of like a boys club, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. lived for South Park, but it was like, and I remember like, when I was younger, feeling, because I wasn't part of that boys club, I was with the girls, like, Oh, so they? Why do they get a monopoly right. on like that kind of like edgy, funny, right. like adult mm-hmm. humor? That's right. not just a guy thing. Right. And and you are such a force that came along and was a girl thing. I mean, you. Yeah. are... Well,
2: that's why I did it at first. You yeah. Know? Like it was like, I I was always so frustrated that like I would be the one that would get in trouble at swim practice for like <laughs> snapping people's swimsuits <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and the guys didn't. They didn't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always like. That's made me mad, and so like yeah. it's sort of like uh uh of my way of expressing my feminism, you know, to totally. be like, well, women can be powerful and sexually aggressive and and yeah. there's nothing wrong with it, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. like and now there's a lot of people that are there's a lot of full figured women that are like out you know they're doing really well that show mm-hmm. their body, and they're they have millions of instagram followers mm-hmm. and i'm mm-hmm. I'm happy for them it wasn't all. It hasn't always been no. easy to be that person yeah, on stage. Well, it's of that. Like you talk about how
1: you, whatever insecurities you've had mm-hmm. in different areas of your life, that on stage singing, you always felt confident. Yeah. But does that include like, like in your body? Like, have yeah. you, you're so confident in your body on stage. Have you always felt that way in in sex or in walk? I mean, walking down the street, shopping for clothes. Like, was that you know? Is that no. had Was that did. What am I trying to say? Like how did you there's get a disconnect that way on stage? Yeah.
2: Because I feel like it's it's like on stage I feel so in command. I mm-hmm. feel like this is the way that I wanna be seen. Like it's mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. and sexy, but in on on the streets I there's a reality that like there, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, like men generally like a different you know, my friend one time told me <laughs> He's like, ah, Bridget, maybe I think about lightening your laugh a little bit if you want to get yourself a man. Because um, <laughs> I laugh like Herman Munster. in you know? <laughs> your <life>. laugh. And, um, y- you know, but I've always been bigger and so, you know, tall. Even, like, when I was younger and had a real slamming body, I just didn't feel secure about it because I wasn't, like, a, you know, the petite little cheerleader or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's undeniable the feeling inside of me when I'm on stage, like mm-hmm. even as I've gotten older and gained weight and things sag and they're not the way they are. I just, I feel like it's a body, They're tits, they're, they're suiting me. This feel, this is my mm-hmm. own. So love it. And people do when they're in the audience mm-hmm. and the, uh, and, and it's meant to sort of hopefully let them take themselves a little less seriously yeah. and, like, be so hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I does, think, it, does it help I, you? Are you able to get yeah. that into your out your offstage life? Yeah, and... I probably had re- reverse body dysmorphia for a long time. I was like, oh, I, I fucking
1: good. That's Maybe
2: not totally honest about, like, some body changes, you know, like, I mean, really for me, I just, I've been going to the gym lately. I have this trainer, and it's more about having the energy because, mm-hmm. you know, you get older, you, you put on weight, you know, you don't feel as good. Mm-hmm. And I want to feel... On stage, I was starting to get like tired, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, yeah. but there's no if you know if I ever have the dream of being on Broadway or whatever, and I want to do eight shows a week. I gotta do. I gotta fucking yeah. I
1: mm-hmm. gotta
2: mm-hmm. I gotta do something about it. So I'm working on that. But but um yeah, I don't know if I answered your question.
1: I mean, so yeah, well, do do are, keep
2: talking. I'm grabbing stuff. I'm listening. Keep talking. You have you
1: have the reverse dysmorphia. Yeah. Um, like, do do you feel you're able to have that Bridget like um just like confidence in your offstage life? I mean, do you, do you not right
2: now? Not these days, you know, like I feel like there's, there's like something that like you give it all. You, 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 I give so much of it on stage that sometimes it feels like I deplete the resource mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and I'm, like, one of the only people I know that does, I've done thousands of shows at this point, mm-hmm. and I think I've only gotten laid after one. Oh, really? <laughs> but I think people are probably intimidated, because yeah. it's, it's a, a bit of, it can, it could, maybe it's a whirlwind for some people, it's mm-hmm. like, I think Adam Feldman called me, like, Hurricane Bridget, and I think that's a really good description, yeah. you know, yeah. like, it's a hurricane, and like, um... But, you know, I'm at home. I'm a gentle little girl. And I got Poppy, my Pomeranian. And we'd love to share some tender <laughs> moments with someone. Do you, I mean, like, are you, like, on, like, dating apps and stuff? Like, No. I thought, like... I'm not... I'm not... I don't consider myself famous. But... I feel like I'm known enough that I don't want to be on an app and, like, have somebody just have, like, a curiosity. Like, I'm a yeah. curiosity for someone. That would really hurt my tender little heart. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of friends who are very famous and then have done apps and met people and been in yeah. relationships. So I should really just get over it. Yeah. Well, also, yeah.
1: isn't there one for famous mm. people?
2: Raya? I mean, kind of, but they wouldn't let me on. Like they, no. like, Oh, for like six months. And then I finally said something and I think like, and you like, Amy called him out or, was, you know, and, I, and all of a sudden, like, the next day I had him in my email, welcome <laughs> to Raya. I was like, fuck you. Like, if the if the approval board at Raya won't accept me, do you think I'm going to fucking put myself through the humiliation of <laughs> just getting swiped left on all day long? No, yes. thank you. <laughs> it's so mean.
1: <laughs> um, well, you brought up Broadway, so is mm. there a Broadway role, um, that exists that you would, that you would want to play? Right now, no. I mean, you're, so, <laughs> you're someone who I truly feel like
0: you, there needs to be a show built around you, a role written for you. Yeah,
2: I would do that. There's, actually, there's something that I, I've been uh, interested in like, doing that's like, really outside the box and would take a lot of work. Um, that would be like a departure, like one of those things. And I might do something like that, mm-hmm. like a play mm. like, um, that I've talked about with a couple of people um like an original play no like a classic wow mm-hmm. like I, there's i was talking to somebody about doing like move for the misbegotten and oh, and i wow. was thinking like it would and i was like oh, i think that's too challenging for me but now i feel like i'd like to take on a challenge like that i feel mm-hmm. like a lot more confident about mm-hmm. acting and yeah and how has like that been going from all the concert stuff
1: um, to all these like movies and and TV things where you're doing well, all this for acting, me, and
2: you're only as good as your last at bat. So if I'm like, if I've had a great show, I walk into like whatever uh, movie or TV show and I'm feeling confident. And uh-huh. if I had a shitty show or a shitty audition, then I take that into like the energy. I can't sure, shake yeah. it. Um, That's but can I you, just
1: can you just schedule like, you know, Joe's pub the night before he starts. I know, right?
2: But, but I just did a movie. Um, uh with the stars Allison Janney. It's called um Oh Break- yeah I saw yeah, Breaking News and You Amazing, a bunch
1: of people in there. There's
2: a lot of people. Um Juliet Lewis, Wanda Sykes, I can't remember. Um oh. then Tate t- Taylor directed it, he directed um The Help and um a bunch of other shit. Ma mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the way that they do it, like like Allison and Tate called me and they're like, We're just so happy you're coming down. They like made me feel like I was like doing them a favor or something. Uh-huh. So like when I came into it, I felt a lot more confident. And we mm-hmm. all stayed at his house, and we would all like have cocktails every night after we'd rap and like, and it just felt like a family. So the pressure was off. Mm-hmm. And Alison Gianni, by the way, is just she's. I learned so much from just getting to like do a couple scenes with her. You just. Did you know her already? Like no, Scott like, I mean or? I I know about her. I know everybody loved her, mm-hmm. and she she was better than anybody. Mm. described her which was Mm. great already yeah
1: Yeah. well you must have loved her in that uh, I, Tanya
2: oh yeah I I really love her in in everything because I feel like she's got that thing that I really respond to like that sort of like you slice them open open, and the nerves are all going to be right on the Mm. surface do you know what I mean like she's like she's and I just saw um, I went to see the prom musical the Mm -hmm. other day Mm -hmm. and um my our friend I'm sure you guys know Brooks uh, Ashton yes the greatest um I didn't I didn't see the other show, so I don't know, like, who won the Tony or whatever, but he yeah. was fucking robbed, because he has that thing where he's just, like, he can be so big and wild and wonderful, mm-hmm. but make it believable, totally. yeah, yeah, and totally. then, like, they have these, like, tiny little tender moments in a lot of musical, which is normally where I roll my eyes, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. but he, they're so effective from him, because he's just, he's like a, he's, there's a a vulnerability and a nerve, like, just yeah. rides on the surface mm-hmm. about him, and. And I feel that way about Patty too. You know, she's, like, strong and whatever, but you feel, she feels. Mm -hmm. I just keep saying the same shit. I even think my, I got this Ruth Bader Ginsburg pillow right there. Love it. She feels.
1: Well, okay, so we have a game that we play uh, with our guests. Okay. Suck it or fuck it? Well, it's like that. (laughs) Okay. You can play that, too. Uh, It's called Dolly Concert Kill. Okay. And we'll give you three performers. Okay. And you choose one you want to see as Dolly Levi and Hello Dolly. And okay. Bowie. One you want to see in, in a peak career concert, and one that you want to kill. <laughs> okay. This so,
2: is very true to to you. This is a wonderful book.
1: <laughs> uh, so I mean, we have so, to so do so. it's with
2: Dolly that. concert or kill? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So I think Patty. Patty, of course. And no. um, can Allison Janney? Say yeah. Or? Well, I, we'll find I out. Find out. <laughs> Allison Janney. <laughs> um, and then. Uh oh, Wanda Sykes. Yeah, great okay.
2: choice. Oh god damn it. Well, I wanna see Peak Concert Patty. Uh-huh. Um, live at Lamouche or whatever you call it. Yeah. Is, is that right? Yes. I um am. I wanna see Wanda as Dolly. Mm, she she'd be so good because I feel like I really actually feel like that'd be kind of wonderful. Genius. <laughs> totally. Genius. <And laughs> oh
1: my god, I need it!
2: I'm only gonna kill Allison because, um, my back is against the wall and I have no choice. And I love her so much, and and uh, and I'm gonna send her a $100 bill. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Genius,
1: um. What should, do We We could ask you to plug stuff, but it's going to be like September, October. Is there anything? Do you have more Joe's Pub dates coming?
2: Yeah, I'll be at Joe's Pub. i got a couple things coming out on Netflix. Oh, oh what's what, on what Netflix?
1: Shows? By the way, Baby Cakes, Bridget's movie. Patty Cakes? Patty Cakes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Baby Cakes are I so good. Call, I can't stop I thinking can't about it. <laughs> it. Oh, my God. Uh, no, In Baby I Cakes. I saw it twice. I love it. I loved it so much. <laughs> Yeah, you can walk uh, Baby Cakes, uh, actually called Patty Cakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm going to be, I have some small parts. I'm doing, I'm in this uh, limited series on Netflix called Unbelievable. I'm in um, another thing with Paul Red, which is called um, Living With Yourself, I think. I'm mm-hmm. in that. And then AJ and the Queen with RuPaul. Oh, I didn't know you were in that. I'm oh, in a wonderful. little bit of, just, just like, you know, guest spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G-
1: give us That's like great. a Ru, a Ru story. Yeah, do you oh, yeah. at all?
2: Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, and we would play like dirty charades with RuPaul. <gasps> he loves that in uh, the trailer between like between takes. It was what is
1: dirty charades?
2: Uh,
0: it's like it's like pun based. It's like that game he loves. It's like you know. Yeah, it's like uh, Georgia O'Keeffe. I mean, that's that's like yeah, oh, that's exactly. Like, it's It <laughs> exactly. like a
1: movie title or a song title. So like, this is
2: something I guess he's known for. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like saving Ryan's privates. Like, yeah, exactly.
2: It, yeah. It, it was just. It was like. You're sitting there and you're just like, oh my God, you know, because I love RuPaul so much, mm-hmm. and then... You should be a guest on Drag Race. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're getting there. Yes! <laughs>
1: uh, also, and I have to say, everybody needs to watch Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Um, oh, yeah. With the Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> yes, Netflix absolutely. show. Bridget is on it with all the greats, Eddie Murphy, Yeah, and Martin Sullivan, Shore,
2: and, and, Lee, and all of a sudden... And you, you have, think have
0: your podcast with Amy Schumer, right? Yeah. Three, Which I love.
2: Three girls, one Keith. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just out there trying to stay alive. And then, yeah.
1: Oh, well, you're doing a beautiful job. It's... And
2: follow Poppy Louise on Instagram. That's my Pomeranian. Oh, she's right. <laughs> oh, where'd she go? I love she's that. over on the couch.
1: She's. She's over it.
2: That's her spot.
1: Um, well, thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Bridget. We love, we love you. We love you, so you. Much. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimalower's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs>
0: come back next week for a strange loops playwright composer and lyricist michael
1: r jackson coming in to chat about tori amos's under the pink other upcoming guests include broadway star telly leung legendary columnist michael musto and cabaret goddess natalie douglas This episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. It's Nolan with an A, isn't it?